Deserted Isolation Discs, a play on words and tribute to the BBC's famous Desert Island Discs podcast. We are Kate Hamer and Louis Saha, the founders of Axis Stars, which is a platform to connect stars from the worlds of sport and entertainment with trusted brands and service providers. Obviously, a lot of these stars are at home due to coronavirus isolation, so we thought we'd work together to bring some entertainment to everyone stuck at home. We hope it's not going to be a long series, but we have got a good chunk of members so we can keep you entertained for a while. I'm going to hand over to Louis, who is going to interview today's guest, Dane Baptiste. Hello, Dane. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So it's a pleasure to have you on the, on the podcast. It's something brand new for me as well. Um, I think that uh, I, I see uh, the connection and uh, how we can actually learn from each other. So it's a really great opportunity uh, to know more about you. So I'm very, very pleased. So, so how are you, really? I'm good. First of all, I want to say that if, I'd been told when I started comedy that a professional footballer would have been interviewing me. I'd have been like, you had think it's time to go home. So, uh, yeah, I'm very glad uh, that you'd be making inquiries about my welfare. So I'm, I'm good. I am, uh, like everyone else, trying to manage with the crisis as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, where I always consider something like a crisis, I think at the moment where I have electric- access to electricity and broadband and running water and food, I'm pretty good. Like, this is not the yeah, ideal situation yeah. for a live performer, but um, you know, neither is dying is dying of a viral infection. So, how you cope? What is the twenty-four hours uh, of uh, Dan Batista? Well, the thing is, when you're a comic, you spend a lot of time by yourself anyway. So, like self-isolation is just a natural part of our work. So, if you go and perform in somewhere you, you don't really know anybody, you've never been before, you might be performing at a show there, but during your day, you have to kind of find ways to fill it. So. Where I can't normally do stuff outdoors, like either see the sights or maybe go to the cinema, uh, mm-hmm. this, for me, I guess, comedians, you spend a lot of time by yourself. So I, I have a day whereby I uh, can do research, I suppose, so I'll look into social media just to keep make sure that I'm up to date with social trends and having a finger on the pulse. Uh, try, again, as, and as kind of quicker than reading periodicals and newspapers, even though I can scan over those as well. Um, because comics all have similar hours, you still have people you kind of interact with because creatives work very differently to the normal nine to five. So, you know, there's people I can speak to in that respect. Um, I'd say the main thing I've been doing recently is because, like, where people like time watching box sets and keeping up with series and, and streaming shows, I don't really watch a lot of them because I'm always working at night. So I guess most people come home and Netflix and chill. That's what I'm working, so I don't really get the time to do it. So I probably have a nice backlog of, of like, box sets and stuff I want to catch up on. And again, mm. it's... And, and it, it, you always have a benefit because it's like, it always works for research if you're in the work when you're doing social commentary. Um, so I do that. Uh, do my best to stay in shape and stuff as well because that's like a normal process I have to do when I'm, so I was in the middle of a tour before the virus kind of, uh, we had the outbreak. So I was in the process of finding ways to spend my time between traveling, spending my days in places where I might be on tour and finding something to do until showtime. So I can say, fortunately, my routine hasn't massively changed. And it's probably stuff to catch up on, like, I've got a few things to watch and read, a few books that I should have read, so I've got that to do. And, yeah, I've just got some ideas where, you know, between performing live, when I'm doing uh, maybe pitching ideas for sitcoms or for shows, now I've got a lot more time to kind of work on them. And I guess a lot of people in the industry have more time to read over my stuff where I guess they'd be inundated normally. Uh, yeah. If you're in a, uh, I guess, in a line of work where you create stuff and some of that takes time to look over. It kind of works out. It's the advantage of people can basically sit down and look over what you're saying. So 
Good, good. So that's that's basically that uh, the the top tips that you can give to other artists like you. Um, is just try to do the research or what? What is the top tips right now because of the confinement? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I think what my top tips would be to pass the time now for most people would be as for creatives in particular is reconnect because I guess one of the drawbacks of doing comedy is that I travel a lot, which is a great thing, but the drawback is that I don't spend a lot of time with family and friends. So normally, because like I said, most of the time, most time people set for recreation is either like their holiday period or the weekends, and that's when I work. So yeah, I'd say for most comics, take the time, creative, take the time to reacquaint yourself with like family and friends, see how everyone's doing. Uh, obviously, especially when you're dealing with uh, a health issue, it's always good if people get like uh, a positive influence from themselves and hearing from someone they don't normally hear from is always good. So, yeah, take the time to reacquaint yourself with uh, uh, kind of loved ones. Uh, and then I'll say, yeah, normally people come to artists and creators for an escape. And, you know, now it's time we can do the same. So if there's albums and stuff that you have no chance to listen to, I'd say do all of that. Because I think a lot of the time we are so saturated with information and people always releasing mm -hmm. albums. You've got streaming platforms that very hard for you to do everything at the same time, but now you've got the space and the breadth to take in some art and culture. Yeah, I'd say my advice would be take some time to watch that box that you said you want to watch or read that book you wanted to read. Or maybe even start yeah. writing the book you wanted to write, which you don't necessarily have time to do. Maybe nobody will necessarily see it or it may not lead to immediate success, but you have a good period right now where people can sit down and listen. And I, I, it's because there's a rapper called Raskas and he says his biggest fans are college students and people in university and convicts. What they both have in common is that they both have to sit in a room when they've got nothing to do all day and they can just listen to your stuff. And so I'd say this is probably a good opportunity for if you want to create something a little bit more depth, because normally with social media, people consume it real quick, what your, your output is, whereas now people have a lot more time to peruse mm -hmm. over your So I'd say, yeah, bask in it, man. Create some stuff with some depth. And in the, the longer it takes for you to create something and the longer it takes for someone to analyze it, now people have got nothing but space and time and opportunity. So maximize this time to show all the dimensions to your creativity because now everyone's basically at home sitting and listening yeah no it's true it's true what is the the the, the main meal or main cuisine that you like to 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 do i try to keep it relatively minimalist right now i feel like uh not to be too extravagant but i think something slow release carbohydrates maybe like some pasta and stuff uh mm -hmm. and something green i feel like trying to stay healthy because again, it's a pitfall of being on the road all the time or being cooped up is that it's hard to stay healthy. So have something green. Uh, I'd recommend smoothies for those of you who are like not keen on vegetables and fruit and stuff. Stick it in a blender. It's a lot easier to drink spinach than it is to eat it sometimes. I think with this kind of time right now, your health is uh, of utmost importance and that starts with your, uh, your diet. So Good, good, good. So um, do you have like any... I would say like uh, Netflix uh, favorites, you know, like some box set that you recommend the right now is what is the thing that you need to actually okay. uh, recommend? It's a good one. Now, there's a lot of stuff that's out currently right now. So at the moment, I'm watching, I'm on watching on Amazon, I'm watching Preacher, uh, which is AMC's Preacher. And it's made by the same people that produce like Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead, so like good producers. And I read, it initially started off as a graphic novel, and it's been uh, redone by Seth Rogen, who did like a lot of films like Pineapple Express and Superbad. And they've remade this graphic novel, this, this uh, uh, Preacher. And uh, I'm watching that and I really recommend that. It's very funny, violent, but like dramatic. Talks a lot about religion and the end of days, so it's very relevant to what's happening now. 
Um, I'm also watching Narcos Mexico. Uh, yeah, nice. And as well, so I'm trying to keep up with that. My top box sets, I'd say, are The Wire, Sopranos, and probably Breaking Bad is a good one as well. And mm. I would also recommend, if no one's seen it, to watch um, so, uh, one called Maniac with Jonah Hill that I watched uh, with Emma Stone and, and uh, yeah, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. That's really good. May Martin, who is a comedian and a friend of mine, she just uh, got her box set recently as well. So I would definitely recommend watching that as well. That was really so how long did that last this old set of boxes? So it will last maybe a month? Uh, it depends on your binging rate, basically. Like, <laughs> for example, because I, I, when I first started watching The Wire, for example, I watched that couple episodes, like, yeah, it's cool, I enjoy it, about an hour each. And then when I went on holiday and we started getting into the season, I was like, I need it twice a day, three times a day. Mm. Um, These guys, these ones, are, these ones are the big ones. I would say definitely Sopranos. You can get through it pretty quick, but there's about six seasons, so there's a there's a there's a healthy chunk to like look into. And I think obviously you're doing this podcast. It's an opportunity to talk Sunny D as well. Where can people watch your sitcom? Yeah, so I wrote a sitcom about four years ago, which was the first uh, sitcom with a black uh, cast on well the BBC and in the UK for 20 years, and it's five episodes. And that is currently available on the iPlayer and uh, also on YouTube, which you didn't hear from me, but there it is. I was, yeah, I also have a, a podcast I do with other comedians called Quotas Fall, um, which is uh, very popular. And also my podcast is called uh, Question Everything. So as well as this amazing access style podcast, which people will binge through immediately, they can also enjoy my podcast too. We would like to be into your brain. So what's the type of book that you really uh, like? Cool. The, uh, the most recent book I... Well, I started reading, the book I started reading was a book called uh, Quantum Physics for People in a Hurry, and it's by a physicist based in the States. So Neil deGrasse Tyson is a very cool uh, physicist, and he just put a book called uh, Quantum Physics for People in a Hurry, because normally I would be in a hurry and probably wouldn't have time to study uh, quantum physics, mm -hmm. but he's made it very easy to understand, but it's given me a lot more time. So it's a very uh, interesting book that tells about the uh, creation of the universe and how the universe existed before the Big Bang and understanding about like atoms and subatomic particles and things I would be interested in, but normally don't have the time to look over. So I've started looking at that. Um, and then, yeah, so it's been fun. It's been interesting. Very hard to get through it at first, but it's been good. And I also have a book uh, called uh, Brief Answers to the Big Questions by Stephen Hawking. Which again, so you got your library in front of you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I got a real, I got a few books. Yeah, so I'm just trying to accumulate as much books as possible, and I got a few donations from people as well. So, yeah, I've got a lot to catch up on. I've got pretty much like a little, I got like a library, or it's not a library of books. Like a, I got like a car boot sale of books that I've already gone through. Um, but I definitely recommend those. Um, yeah, but whatever grabs your fancy. I, I think people should always try and read books that they will enjoy, not that they feel they're obligated to read, just because they think yeah. everyone's just reading it. Because I find that like one of the great things I like about reading books is that. I see something on the news and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Then uh, I, I can go and uh, read it up. Another book that I'd recommend to everyone as well is a book called uh, Flat Earth News by a uh, journalist called Nick Davies. And it's a dense book, but it really gives you an idea of how the news works and stuff. And I think, especially because people are real scared about what's happening now with the news, I guarantee, I guarantee that will make people feel a lot better. So on, on, on a way that uh, we want to discover a bit... Um about uh, about you then uh, it's like um, any type of stories that you had to go through uh, during your career or during your life where 
you you manage uh, with mental strength, mental whatever a routine and a way to, 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 to move forward? I'd say the main story is, I think everyone kind of has a story, Louis. I'd say, especially with the time that's happening now, the main story in terms of my career was, as I said, it was like trying to make sure I learned to think in a way that's not like everybody else and have like a process of unlearning where there's a lot of things we are told in society, which I think on the inside we don't necessarily agree with, but we go along with because that's what society tells us. Whether it's like what kind of job you're supposed to have, or what kind of relationship you're supposed to have, or what you're supposed to do in the pursuit of your own happiness, and how you're supposed to conduct yourself in society. And I think a lot of time we're suggesting these things because it's what we know, but they don't necessarily work out for us. And I always felt like part of that for me was with my parents, and my parents were real hard. I remember my dad used to work at Ford and he used to make cars in a factory, never missed a day of work. And I just remember them giving him a, a clock for perfect attendance. I just remember thinking to myself, I don't think he needs a clock. He's at work all the time, on time, and they don't miss it. Like That's like if you was at Weight Watchers and you lost loads of weight and then they gave you a fork, it's like, well, clearly I know how forks work, innit? So this is why I don't need this. So that was kind mm. of one of the that kind of sparked my mind as well. Like, you know, seeing a lot of people my age who were like going to university and everyone was like, you know, we can go to university and get like a good job. And then as people were leaving university, it was kind of like nothing really changed because with work a lot of times, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Plus, I guess a lot of people that have already been in work for a generation were kind of dealing with a credit crunch where it was like, you know, most people work. The idea is that with work, you can support your family, pay off a mortgage. And then once you're done doing that, you get to live in the house that you've been able to pay for and you get like a pension. And then all this stuff started happening where it's like now you can get taxed for having an extra bedroom, even though you work to have that house. And then you also get, and then we're getting taxed because of, you know, the financial crisis. So people are losing money for that. And it's like, even if you go to work and you're a law abiding person, and you pay your taxes, at the end of your working life, you may not get a pension because of yeah. our economy. And I was like, that's just not really how the world should work. And so I just kind of used that to kind of start thinking about an alternative way of living my life. And I just felt like what I would pass on to everybody else so far as uh, mental health is that even in situations like this, it's probably an example where I spoke to people where they're like, I'm going to work and I'm not sure if I'm going to get paid yet because the payroll might not be in because of the virus and all this other stuff. And I'm just saying to people, just stay home, innit? And they're just like, yeah, but I've got to pay my bills and I've got to make sure I'm getting paid. And I'm like, I understand that sentiment because that's how we're educated. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid, you can't pay your bills. But at the same time, your mental and physical health has to be paramount because like, you take a situation like the virus, if you get sick and you can't go to work, there's not really anything in place that can protect you because nobody knows how the insurance policies work how unions work and how to deal with this, how to medical leave. And so I just want people to be able to think how they would normally think if they didn't feel people were looking at them or they were being pressured. And I think that's a big part of being a free thinker is that I get what you're saying, but it's like, if you were to consider your idle situation whereby like, I just want to be well, home with my family and be together with people I love during this crisis, that's more important than work. That's more important than whatever social or financial obligations you think you have, because I always try and tell people, the reason why your mental health is so important, when you do pass away, your boss is not coming to your funeral. They're not going to like have a minute silence for you on the office floor. They're not going to dedicate like a winged, a corridor to you in the canteen. They're going to replace you and carry on working. And that's not like they say a good or bad thing. That's, just, that's what work is. Everyone has to work as a part of life, but there's a difference between working and a job. Because if you're working in something you enjoy, it's never going to be like a job. And at least you know there's always going to be like a... a 
we've got a reason to enjoy it because if work won't always pay, and even if it does pay, if it pays, then you get used to getting paid and it's, it's going to lose its same appeal. So for work and for you to have purpose as a human being, uh, you need to be doing something that fulfills you and you know you enjoy it because you want to grow as a human being and you want what you're doing, your livelihood to grow as well. So for me, comedy is not about like money or fame. It's just about, I enjoy doing this. It, it speaks to me on a level that's bigger than like money. And because of that, it means whether I have money or don't have money, I can still do it. And I think like for someone that's historically been an athlete, I think people talk a lot about like, well, they get paid this much, they get paid this much. But it's like, like, you know, you look at football's got like 12 tiers and people are still playing it with the same level of enthusiasm at a premiership level or like a conference level. So clearly it's not the money. People enjoy doing this. Like, you know, when you want to become a footballer, obviously people are aware of the trappings of it and the, the money. But it's like, it's more the fact that being able to play football for a living is like, that's your dream. Really, you don't really consider the money. But when you think about your footballers that you look up to, I don't know what you earned. I don't know how much Pele earned in his football career. I don't know how much number nine Ronaldo earned. When I consider them, if you were to think about what I enjoyed the most, I'll tell you about like something they performed on the pitch rather than how they performed financially. Don't you think, in, in a way, that uh, jump on that, uh, um, that maybe some people are more entrepreneurs, like more courageous to to do stuff like this? You know, like using your creativity, using your your skill in a way that you don't you have to you know to apply a certain way of thinking that you are courageous enough to do things like this. You know, being outside the box, outside the comfort zone is not for everybody. You know, some people need an employee or a boss to tell them what to do and stuff like this, and they feel secure, and when they go home, it's fine. So you have that kind of, like, uh, way of seeing things allowed you to, to speak the, the way you speak today. And I don't think that everybody is seeing things the, the same way. That's why, I think. I agree. Not, not everyone necessarily has an entrepreneurial spirit. But at the same time, I feel like, uh, you know, any job you have will have some kind of stakeholder. So even though I might be self-employed and I still have to be able to liaise with, you know, people that produce media like yourselves or being yeah. produced on television or, you know, even if it's people that's writing or if or even my audiences and stuff as well. So it so there's there's always going you know, to be a level of dependence between whether it's an entrepreneur and their customer. So... Mm. While, while you know, not everyone says to work for themselves, and they may have an employer, I think that should still have the criteria of a industrial fulfillment that comes with that. Like, even if you're working in sewage, and I believe that's part of the problem is that, like, we have a society where we try to attach self-worth to our occupation. And mm. we'll, so we'll think a, surgeon's, a surgeon or a neurosurgeon has much more importance in society than someone that works in sanitation or maybe clean sewers, when really we are dependent on both these two people. And I think that should have the same level of respect. And I think if we were able to respect a, you know, a primary school teacher in the same way we respect an athlete, and there was then people would be more inclined to do their, what, what they think works for them. And once that happened, and people in things that they knew they enjoyed, and people knew what they were doing always benefit society, I think people would care that much about like um, they wouldn't care that much about money and, and their status because I think yeah, if you're yeah. interested in like biology or you're interested in like chemistry, but you're interested in terms of like how things grow with like compost and how with sewage and bacteria and stuff, you can still apply that to working in a sewer, and it should be seen with the same level of respect as if you were working with a microscope. Had you seen the the last uh, actual documentary about Bill Gates? No, Bill Gates is a billionaire. He's like he's got enough money for 
I don't know, like 100 generation. Um, the, the, the guy actually went to to the guy on like owning Microsoft and all that thing. And, and now, strangely enough, it's like going into sanitary because you see that the, the actual biggest killer in our planet is uh, how we waste our things and, and, and the, the, you know, the poor country has like a really difficulty to drink normal, you know, like yeah. having like, uh, so all those things are really important. So the guy like in India or in Africa was doing his sanitary uh, engineering school or something like this was mm -hmm. as much important and was actually contacted by Bill Gates you know, like, you know, um, on another level to solve some massive issues. So it's got that impact as well, as much as the billionaire. So this yeah. is something that is completely uh, in line with what you just said. And I think sometimes it's just hard for our society to understand all those things. And when you come from maybe uh, you and me as an artist being in a bubble, it's really hard to touch uh, things like this because people say, oh, yes, but you live in your bubble. Yeah. You don't know about money. You don't understand about the issue. You know the, the real life. So sometimes it could be it could be hard. But uh, we're trying to to maybe uh, speak about this because uh, it's really interesting uh, on another podcast. Maybe I would like to know if you had one pick. You know your favorite show, your favorite your own show, and advise people, me and my uh, following, to actually go on the the best show that you are very part of, um, that moment that actually give you that, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like the emotion where you have that, uh, yeah, yeah. in like, uh, yeah. yeah. I'd say for me, it'd be Sunny D. Like Sunny D was the first show I wrote for television. Um, I'll send you the link to, but it was the first thing I ever wrote for television. And, uh, yeah, it was my opportunity to write and star in my own show. And, um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. It's, a uh, it means that I can probably survive on six hours to four hours sleep if I need to, because the hours are very tough. But um, yeah, it's the show did a lot of great things. I hadn't worked in television before. A lot of the cast hadn't worked in television before. Um, we mm. got to, to find like other actors and stuff from the Royal Shakespeare Company, and as well as being an amazing experience. Yeah, I, I just uh, it led to a lot of work for other people. It's like I'm very proud of the fact that I wrote a sitcom which provided over 40 people of color with a uh, work in the creative and entertainment industry. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people have gone on to be doing great things. So Catherine Ryan is obviously a very well-known uh, comedian globally, uh, especially in the UK and in Canada. And that was her first TV appearance in a in a sitcom. And now she has her own sitcom as well. As I said, some of the cast members now had not done any previous television work and are now uh, frequently on TV in various projects. So that was kind of the introduction to TV. Um, and I also got to work with like amazing talent like Don Warrington. And Don Warrington was like one of the first uh, black actors to appear in a sitcom in, on, in Britain. So it was kind of like coming full circle and having him involved in the project was a uh, real humbling and a real privilege. So I'd say for people to get a real idea of the full scope of my capabilities and my uh, creativity, then they should definitely watch Sunny D. Thank you very much for that. And uh, maybe it's like you've been on, uh, um, on internet uh, lately, you may be been on social media, what has struck you, you know, right, you know, last 24, something that you you picked up that uh, you really like and think that is a fact, because Axis Stars is all about trying to, to get uh, uh, some really nice information, so relevant ones, but not something that is gossip or something like this, because we don't want to spread 
uh, like especially right now, like bad information. Um, and because of you following and people following, we can sometimes have like a bad effect. So I mean, I read a lot of stuff on the internet. I think the best thing about this, best advice on the internet is to take everything you read with a pinch of salt and to rely, I'd say to our followers, is to rely on what you see out of your window rather than what you see trending. The, maybe the last question that we have uh, for you is uh, about um, the confinement. So if you were like uh, in a very desert uh, island, uh, you have to pick three people with you. Um, uh, let's say four months maximum. So that confinement is not uh, uh, too long, but uh, enough to get uh, to know like those three uh, a bit better. Yeah. Right. Thank you for That's a tough one. I think I would go for number one would be Quincy Jones because I feel like Quincy Jones has had a career that has spanned decades and generations and he's one of the best artists of our time. He's still around and I would really like to hear all of his stories and pick his um, brain. Also, I feel like he could like do an arrangement and composure so he wouldn't get bored. So we need to have music. So I'd have Quincy Jones there and then uh, the other person I would have Living or dead, I need to check. Do they have to be alive still or could they be no longer with us? Dead as well. No, I'm, I don't like the word dead, but Are they passed? Yeah. So then I would yeah. say again, next person, living or dead, would be so a scientist called Nikola Tesla. Um, mm. He is the guy who created the alternating current and he was just a massive genius. Like He had early ideas of like broadband, like, and this was like he was around like when electricity was first being discovered, but he already had ideas in his head about like broadband. He was recently credited with being, being the inventor of like, you know, early designs of the telephone, television, and uh, 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 he's a, a Serbian, a Serbian uh, scientist who kind of was around the same time as Thomas Edison. And uh, okay. the, rumor, the rumor basically is, Louis, that he kind of created electricity, the alternating current, around the same time as Thomas Edison. And mm. he he wanted to give away energy for free. And I think there were a lot of people that would rather have made money from electricity. And so they didn't really support him. But I would urge everyone, because with Nikola Tesla, again, he's a genius and his brain was so far ahead of his time. I would love to pick his brain. I think that's something that would keep you entertained and intrigued for, for months. And he'd probably come up with a way for us to get off the island. Like he'd probably turn it into a place of high technology. Like, so the guy, he's like, you know, like Iron Man, Tony Stark. Like he was like a real life Tony Stark. So I really like, he'd probably make a rocket ship, mm -hmm. make, like, Yep. Coconut up some palm trees after like two months. So I have Nikola Tesla. <laughs> and then finally, I would have uh, maybe, maybe Beyonce, or maybe Solange, which is Beyonce's sister, because Beyonce's already married and, you know, we all have needs. I'll say no more than that, really. Yeah, I've been no more. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, on the... On the, you know, Nikola Tesla, you know, that's, uh, I was just thinking, you know, like, we will be, oh, I think I was like saying this uh, about the tariffs, but we will be struggling with no electricity. I mean, like, I was asking my son, you know, saying, hang on a minute, if like we don't have any electricity after two days, you don't have it, you don't have your phone, you can't charge your iPad, you can't watch like any Netflix, you can't watch TV, you can't do nothing. I mean, like, how... How you able to actually produce electricity? I was asking him, like, because he's onto, uh, you know, all those things, you know, in terms of technology, he's like really into it. And uh, I say, I, I felt like 
oh, uh, you know, useless. I feel like oh, I'm gonna mean it. I can't do nothing without electricity. It's uh, yes, uh, I felt like really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, most that's my, most of the people, and that's that's why you know, I think with that being in mind, is is that provides a lot of security at the moment when we're dealing with a crisis. I think a lot of people are very worried. But I'd say as long as you have access to running water and electricity, yeah. you're still doing better than 90% of the people on this planet and they're still doing well. Because I feel like with no electricity, no water and no antibiotics, then we go back to medieval times. So we're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. It was just uh, very, very deep and uh, uh, very entertaining as well. So thank you very much. I wish you all the best. And stay safe. Um, hopefully, those, uh, this situation will uh, not last, as we mentioned before. And uh, yeah, see you soon, hopefully. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Hopefully, you can do mine again soon. And uh, yeah, for all your followers, uh, name is Dane Baptiste, and I'm on all good social networks. So look me up. I'm also on Access Stars as well. So when we do uh, get over this, I'm also available to provide entertainment of a premium level. So uh, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.